0: It is 7.45 on a Saturday morning. That means it's time for a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack.
1: Hi there, Denny. How are you doing? I'm doing just great, and I hope you're doing the same.
0: I, uh, I am. Thank you very much. I have to real fast. I know you'll have other topics, but I, I stopped in at the, the uh, downtown Minneapolis Haskell's this past week, a few days ago, and was just browsing great. and taking advantage of the sale, et cetera, and I'm around I'm, I'm by the Cabernet wall there, and all of a sudden I hear this booming voice and I think, oh, Lord, don't take me now. I want to buy that, that <laughs> m- bottle of Malbec yet. And it was your son, Ted, and we had a nice chat. And he fin- But I, uh, he pointed out this Malbec that you guys have talked about, and I'm trying to remember it in that. A very a- Bay? Yes. Isn't it- that good? It not only is it good, it's so reasonably priced.
1: Yeah, it's a real bargain for people that like Malbec. <laughs> and I think, and you've heard me say this, that there isn't a wine in the world that goes better with barbecue sauce Than Malbec, the sweet tanginess of a barbecue sauce seems to just blend beautifully with that Malbec. And a Gary Bay is a wonderful property. It's owned by uh, the same family that owns Lafitte Rothschild in France, which is one of the first growths of the Bordeaux region. And they put the same care and affection into this wonderful bottle of wine, yet it's very, very affordable.
0: Excellent, yes. Well, what what else are we going to
1: talk about? We have several topics to talk about, Denny. First, uh, a lot of people have asked me about this new tariff on French wine and also on Scotch whiskey. And yes, it's a fact of life. Fortunately for most of us, most of the pipeline is filled for the holidays. So you won't see any increase in anything. You will on Nouveau Beaujolais because that's coming in in the middle, uh, towards the end of November and that'll be affected by the 25% tariff. The tariff, you know, was mandated by the World Trade Organization because uh, they felt that Europe was unfair w- with subsidies to Airbus, and this is our way of taking care of Boeing. It, it doesn't make much sense to me, but we're the consumer and we're going to pay. The problem was going to be with scotches, really. Uh, the pipeline on scotches uh, was just starting to fill up for the holidays, and particularly expensive scotches, and there are tons of those. I mean, I couldn't believe a friend of mine wanted a very good bottle of scotch, and I went and looked at just what we have. We have them as high as $5,000 a bottle. I couldn't believe it, but it's a fact, and that's, you know, these age scotches. As a matter of fact, one of the scotches, McCullen's 60-year-old, just was sold at auction in London for one point. Three <laughs> million uh, pounds, which is about one point six million dollars. One bottle of Scotch. I don't know who in the world must have lost their mind to spend that kind of money on a bottle of Scotch. But uh, these tariffs are real. They're going to affect Italian hard cheeses. Won't affect something like Gorgonzola, but it's definitely going to affect Italian Parmesan and any of the real good hard cheeses from Italy. And it will affect French wines. and We don't know how long it will be on. Uh, Everybody is making all sorts of efforts to tone this down a bit to the fact where some of the people are notifying the government that the bottles and the corks and the uh, cardboard boxes and the wooden boxes, those shouldn't be taxed, and they're removing that cost. So all that's taxed is the raw wine. So they're, they're making an effort both on this side and the other side uh, to ameliorate some of this. But the fact of life is that French wines are going up 25%. All scotch from Scotland is going to go up 25%. And your Italian hard cheeses are going to go up 25%. And it's just something I guess we're going to have to live with. Fortunately, in all those departments, we have American substitutes that can kind of fill in for the time being till things settle down. The other question I had, was, uh, are there any good Oregon wines under $20? Yes, indeed there is. There's at least a couple of them. There's one called Second Growth. Uh, that's a Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. It's under $20, and believe me, it is as delicious a Willamette Valley Pinot Noir as you'll find. It is just great. Uh, the other one is a Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, whole cluster Pinot Noir. It also is under $20. And it is a delicious, when they say whole cluster, that means when they're uh, fermenting it, they throw the whole cluster into the fermentation instead of just the individual berries. It gives the wine, they say, a lot more life to it because those stems and pips stay in the line and emit a little more tannin to the wine, thus enabling that wine to age a little longer. And some people swear by it gives the wine more fruit. Whatever it does, it's a good way to make wine, that's for sure. And this whole cluster, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, under twenty dollars. So those are two second growth in Willamette Valley that are under twenty dollars that I think you'll find very, very pleasing. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about Pinot Gris, but before I do that, I thought I would touch on another very topical thing that I've had lots of phone calls about, and that is these Italian, or I'm sorry, these California wine, uh, wildfires that are in the vineyard lands up near Geyserville. Uh well, generally, most of the harvest is done there, so it will the fires won't impact the wine uh because harvest is done they're safely in stainless steel vats, et cetera however, you know the the vineyard buildings are at risk, and that's a problem and If the wines haven't been picked, uh smoke uh, does impart a flavor. To the grapes, and sometimes they'll just have to pass over a whole vineyard if it's been inundated with smoke. Fortunately, wine grape roots are very long and very deep, and they're very, very sturdy. And sometimes even a fire in the field, if it isn't too severe a fire, won't damage the vines for the next year. I mean, it certainly will cut down on the yield but the vines will come back because the roots are so deep and strong. But uh, anyhow, our thoughts and prayers are with so many friends of ours who have houses and uh, uh, vineyard buildings are at risk. Uh, but as I say, as far as the wine goes, no one need worry about deleterious effects of the smoke on the wine because it would only affect unpicked grapes that are hanging in clusters on the vines. And that they have to have a lot of smoke to affect that, and if it did, they would just pass on that vineyard for the year. The other thing, of course, is next week we have Halloween, and someone asked for a Halloween wine, a great wine to refer to people, and I'd say that's Culprit. Culprit is a red blend from Napa Valley. It has on the uh, label what looks like a gargoyle. It is the Culprit, and it's a delicious wine. It's under $15, and it would be a great fun wine to have for halloween now i when i was talking about oregon wines i was asked what's the difference between pinot gris and pinot grigio absolutely nothing it's the same grape type it's just the is where it's grown and that makes a big big difference pinot grigio is a wonderful wine uh, with lemon lime pears apple on the nose, depending on where the wine is grown, Pinot Noir can take on even honey-toned and floral aromas. It's a wonderful wine. We've talked about Pinot Grigio for a long time. In my opinion, it makes a fabulous aperitif wine if you're having a big party and it's a dinner party. It's a great wine to have beforehand. Italian Pinot Grigio is usually dry with very good acidity. French Pinot Gris is sort of fleshy, and has a little bit of botrytis to it. And botrytis is when grapes turn to raisins and become real intense. And American Pinot Gris has got more exaggerated fruit flavors with less acidity than its European counterparts. For the most part, Pinot Grigio is very dry. Alsatian Pinot Grigio uh, is usually a little on the softer side. The characteristics of Pinot Gris, as I say, are limes, apples, lemon. Uh, Aromas, honeysuckle, uh, ginger, spice, usually the acidity is medium to medium-high. Serving temperature should be about 45 degrees. Uh, Anyhow, uh, Pinot Gris and food pairing, meat pairing goes very, very well, particularly what I happen to like with Pinot Gris uh, from Oregon is clams and oftentimes... uh, Oysters as well, although I love Chablis with oysters, some of that Pinot Gris is really terrific. It also goes well with oily fish like uh, trout. And uh, with different spices, uh, Pinot Gris can be absolutely wonderful, particularly fennel and uh, tarragon. Uh, With cheese pairings, I'd use small cheeses. And, of course, where Pinot Gris really shines, in my opinion, is with any kind of vegetarian food. It just goes perfectly with it. You know, there's a lot of Pinot Grigio grown all over the world. Italy is on top. It has about 30,000 acres, followed surprisingly by the United States, where we have almost 20,000. In Germany, they got about 12,000. France, uh, about five, 6,000. New Zealand, Aust- and the others all have under 5,000. Australia has a little more about seven or 8,000. But Pinot Gris is here to stay, and Pinot Gris, uh, G-R-I-S, is the exact same uh, grape. Uh, the differences, of course, as I say, is the terroir, where it's grown, and those differences are tremendous. I remember the first time I tasted an Oregon Pinot Gris, it was so creamy and wonderful. I think it was Willa Kinsey. Uh, this is probably 35 years ago, and they were just opening up their vineyard, and we went up and tasted and I said, I've never tasted Pinot Grigio like this. He said, well, we're not going to call it Pinot Grigio. We're going to call it Pinot Gris. And I asked, why was that? And he said, well, because the grapes are kind of gray, and they are sort of gray. And Pinot Gris did taste different to me than Pinot Grigio. But it was basically what the wine picked up from the terroir, because it's the exact same grape type. So I hope I've answered the question on the difference between Pinot Gris and Pinot Grigio. There absolutely is none. It just depends on the part of the world where the wine was grown, and the style of the winemaker. It's a little like Chardonnay or Cabernet. You can have a Bordeaux from France and a Cabernet from California, and there are similarities, but they're totally different, and we all know that.
0: All right. Well, what was the name, Jack? I know we have to run, of, of the Halloween uh, suggestion wine. The Culprit. The Culprit,
1: yes. C-U-L-P-R-I-T. It's a red blend. And it is delicious, and it, it makes a great Halloween wine because it looks like a Halloween mask on the label.
0: I've got to pick some up today. Well, i tell you what, I know exactly where I'm going to find that, and if you need help, uh, let's say, pairing uh, wine with uh, and a certain kind of food that Jack mentions from time to time, get to Haskell's.
1: Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to pair wine. They love to let you taste wine. Stop in. we've been doing this for over 85 years. And believe me, we've gotten pretty good at it. The folks at Haskell's can't cook the meal, but they can indeed make the meal by picking the perfect wine to accompany whatever you're going to prepare. And best of all, they're going to help you pick a wine that won't cost too much. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars online as we're in the middle of our fall sale right now. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior. Off at 35 there's a Haskell's in Faribault. Our Maple Grove Super Cellar is not to be missed. The wall there has 16,000 bottles of wine on it. In downtown Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday and Sunday. At Minnetonka, there's a store. At Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. If you can't come in, go to Haskells.com. Or, don't forget, we do deliver, and Haskells are indeed the wine people, and we love to talk about wine. So come on in and talk about wine with the folks at Haskell's.
0: Sounds like a good deal to me. Jack, we'll talk one week from today, I
1: hope. Denny, I'm going to look forward to that very much.
0: Thanks so much. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.